films, including Meadow by Nathan, who just made that comment. Uh, Jeffrey Putnam made Glenmore 2, and Survivor was designed by Luke Allison. I'm really excited to play these. And these are available on our website. If you, um, I, I don't have the link handy, but if you go to the Rolling Realms Facebook page, or Facebook group, you can see uh, you can see a link to download this. I have one for each day. So that's the first day. The second day will be uh, Istanbul, Point Salad, and The Game. Those are by Ben Rhea, Chad Martinell, and Ben Baker. Two Bens that day. And then in round three, on Friday, we'll have uh, Stellar, we'll have Seven Wonders Architects, and Sagrada by Rob Pettit, Mark Espiridian, and Shane Fletcher. All names that I rarely say out loud, but I see all the time on Board Game Geek and on, in the Facebook group talking about Rolling Realms. I'm really excited to play these realms today. So feel free to join me today or uh, print these out and play them in the future. You can watch the video on YouTube or in the Facebook or in the, yeah, the, the Rolling Realms Facebook group in the future. Uh, Trey says that he also relates to that that idea of the gift of time, and he says he felt that answer. Um, yeah, thanks for thanks for saying that. Um, yeah, different different love languages for different people, and uh, that that's uh, one way for me. I also like chocolate. I, I think chocolate is like the one gift where I'm like, oh, I will always be happy to, to receive chocolate, um, but you can't play a game with chocolate. Actually, I'm curious if any of you played the new Azul that's based on chocolate, the Azul Chocolatier. I already have my favorite version of Azul. I love Azul Summer Pavilion. And so I haven't, as much as I love chocolate, I haven't been inclined to get the new version of Azul. But I am intri intrigued by it. And I think it's neat that they added a few new mechanisms to the different uh, tiles that you put the tokens on. I'm curious if people are really enjoying that or not. So let me know if you played it. Christoph is headed back to work. So I will head over to my other topics here. Um, some of the, the content that I put out there recently. The, the big one, one of the big ones is on Thursday, I posted my year in review post. So I went month by month and talked about some of the major things that we did at Stillmeyer Games. And every year that I do this, it's kind of a nice uh, way for me to jog my memory and be like, wow, a lot of stuff happened this year in relation to Stillmeyer Games. And um, yeah, so if you're curious about that, feel free to check out the article. It's from last Thursday. It's called uh, 2022 Year in Review. And then on Monday of this week, I talked about being a category nerd, the idea of uh, embracing your job throughout uh, in such a way that like you, you spend a lot of time consuming content about it. The example that I gave is my job. I, I work in the board game industry. I'm a designer. I'm a publisher. And I also spend a lot of time consuming board game related, co related content. I play a lot of games, not just our games, but I play a lot of games from other designers and publishers. And uh, the article kind of touches upon that idea where um, I believe that there's a lot of value if you want to do something really well of uh, understanding how others are also doing that well or not doing it well in some cases. And I totally relate to that. I, I, I have learned so much about game design and game publishing by playing games from other designers and other publishers and, uh, and talking about them and being open about them and sharing my love for them. I, I think that's uh, that's brought me a lot of joy and insight by doing that. And so um, so I talked talk about this idea of being a category nerd. I'm curious if you are a category nerd for what uh, for what you do for a living or if you're a category nerd for a hobby. I think that's that's a, certainly a thing too, where you embrace a hobby so fully that it, uh, you know, you think a lot about it, you consume a lot of information about it. You have your own thing that you do with that hobby. Maybe it's a creative hobby, but you also see what I talk about what other people are doing within that hobby. 
I think it's really cool. I, I think nerddom and geekdom in general I th is something that I just love when someone embraces something with such passion. And uh, yeah, let me know in the comments if you have something like that, whether it's a job or a hobby. So that was my article on Monday. And also my video this past week, my long form video, was uh, something that I, I don't think I've ever done this before, but I did a strategy video about Stillmeyer Games. I asked our ambassadors to submit their favorite strategy tips for a variety of Stillmeyer Games. And I consolidated those tips, uh, tried to uh, consolidate any, any repeated tips because there were some repeats, and I added some tips of my own. And if you're hesitant to see that, because I'm the type of person that doesn't often watch or consume content about strategy, game strategy, but uh, I do like looking at games from different perspectives and different angles. And that's kind of the approach I took with this video. It isn't one of those things where you're like, okay, here's... If you sit down and play this game that you need to play this way or you'll never win it wasn't that sort of thing it was more like um if you play this game if you play scythe for example here are a few things to think about that you may not have thought about before while playing scythe and uh and maybe that'll that'll open up some new strategic paths within the game so uh, that was a fun video to make it was neat to see such a wide variety of people of ways that people think about our games and uh fun to add my own perspective in there as, as well Julie also said yes to more time to play and learn games with others and yes to chocolate. Uh, you're a person after my own heart there, Julie. Yeah, time and chocolate, two of the, the most valuable resources in my opinion. Jordan is joining us. He says, good evening where he lives. Um, where do you live, Jordan? Bulgaria, looks like, from just hovering over your name. I hope you're doing well over in Bulgaria. Some things I've been watching lately. I don't know if you've watched any good movies or TV shows or, or consumed any good books lately. Here's, here's what I'm consuming right now. I'm reading, I'm in like the last 15%, I believe, of uh, The Lost Metal, which is the last book of the second trilogy, the second Mistborn trilogy by Brandon Sanderson. It's awesome. Um, we kind of binge watched the show White Lotus season two over the last few, weekend and a few days and really enjoyed that. And we're watching Avenue 5 at lunch right now. And tonight, I'm really excited. Although, I'm not going to watch it tonight. We'll watch it tomorrow, I think. I'm really excited about the Survivor finale. Survivor season 40. It's either 42 or 43 now. Really excited about that. And I'm also really excited about the new Avatar movie. I, I really, really, really loved the first Avatar movie. I'm talking about the James Cameron Avatar, not the uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. And uh, I, I, I haven't watched anything about it. I don't, I don't know anything about it other than it has to do with oceans instead of on land. And yeah, I just, I can't wait to see it. I, I don't want to see it in theaters when the theaters are super crowded. So I'll need to wait a little bit of time and maybe go during the day to watch it. But I'm so excited about that. I'm curious if you're excited about that as well. Um, and last night we actually watched a romantic comedy called Bros and really enjoyed that too. That's one that uh, I think didn't do all that well in theaters, but it's a, it's a really solid romantic comedy with a nice little twist to it. Yeah, so what are, you, what are you consuming lately that you are enjoying if you're watching along right now? Trey says that he watched Wednesday on Netflix. Megan watched Netflix too. Oh, watched Wednesday on Netflix too. I, I didn't watch it, but I heard great things and she said she really enjoyed it. Uh, he says the show really captured the essence of the characters. That's great. Nathan says he's been trying to see if he could figure out all the 2022 preview riddles from the January newsletter. Do you think there'll be a blog post that gives us the answers? Um, I think, Nathan, what I'm planning to do, not necessarily a blog post, because I don't think that that content started with a blog post. I think it started with a champion newsletter. It may have started with a general newsletter. One of the two, let's see, 
what is correct there. I will look over at my old newsletters. Let's see, it was around probably January of last year, I think that I sent it, let's see. Yes, okay, so, yeah, how should I do this? Hmm, so last January, I did a 2022 preview. And so that would, it would take up a lot of space if I use that same newsletter to do a preview and, um, and to confirm things from last year. So how should I do that? Hmm. You know, I'm not sure what to do. I was, I was kind of planning to do it in that newsletter. And it is the generally newsletter. It isn't just the champion newsletter. So it's something for everyone to look at. Hmm. That's a good question. I, I don't know offhand how I'm going to do this. I do want to give you the answers um, of, of at least the things that ended up actually happening in 2022. But I might need to think about how to deliver that information. Um, it could be a blog post. You're right. It could be a blog post. That maybe, I did, maybe I'll do a blog post and I will link to it in the newsletter as part of the 2023 preview. Yeah, I'll make a note about that. I think we could do that. Um, that would be fun to do. Yeah. I will lean towards doing that unless you have another idea while we're, we're talking about this live. Chris says, am I going to watch the new National Treasure series on Disney Plus that released today? Um, yes, I think we will. I, I, I did enjoy the original National Treasure movies. I did read a review that said it wasn't very good. Um, and it almost is so not good that it reminds us, it, it, it makes the original movies worse. And makes us, uh, it made the reviewer realize that there were things that they overlooked in those movies that they're like, oh, this is just not good. Um, the review, it was a review of the first three episodes and it didn't sound good. Like it, it sounded like the type of series where they wrote it episode by episode. And if you go back at the end of like episode two and look at all the things that happened in episode one, where you're like, you would be like, oh, these things don't make sense anymore. They were just here to have a cliffhanger or a plot hook or something like that. So it didn't, it didn't excite me to read it, but I like the idea of hidden mysteries in the real world. Um, which actually made me really excited about fusion. Fusion might actually be happening now. How crazy is that? That uh, that science science uh, scientists had that that breakthrough with fusion recently or this past this past week. I was so excited. I love when science fiction becomes actual science. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll probably we'll probably check out the National Treasure Treasure uh, series to see how it is. Is anyone watching the Willow series? Uh, it came out and then it, I didn't hear really much about it at all after it came out. Um, I have no attachment to the original Willow. I haven't seen the original Willow movie, but I do like fantasy things in general. So I'm, I'm curious if anyone has watched that and liked it. Jordan says that he rewatched Unstoppable with Denzel Washington and Chris Pine. And he's also rereading the Red Rising trilogy. And he said, what do I think about Avenue 5? I like it. It's kind of, you know, it's science fiction. It's in space. The whole concept of the, of the show, it's on HBO in the US, is that there is a, um, a tourism spaceship that's that was set to go around i think maybe around the earth maybe around the moon and then come back to to earth after a few weeks maybe even just one week and it gets hit off course and people are going to be in this ship for a long time um and it's it's a like a half hour comedy science fiction show i like it it's it's silly it's outlandish um but uh but i like the mix of of humor and science fiction in it 
Tony says he finally watched everything everywhere all at once. That's great. I'm glad you watched it. What did you think, Tony? Did you like it? That's one where I absolutely loved it. Probably my top movie of 2022. And uh, I'm kind of waiting for the right time to rewatch it. Although first this week we need to rewatch the Avatar movie in preparation for, for Avatar. And then, uh, yeah, in the very near future, we need to watch everything everywhere all at once again. And also I realized that I haven't rewatched the Spider-Man movie, No Way Home. Um, and I want to. I really enjoyed that movie, too. So I, I want to rewatch that in the near future as well. George and Chad just popped in to say hi. Tony says he loved the original Willow as a child. After later viewings, I realized it wasn't as great as I remembered. I haven't watched the series yet, but I've seen some not-so-stellar reviews of the first two episodes. That's too bad. Dominic just popped in as well. George says you must see the Tar movie. See Tar the movie soon. Tar the movie. What's Tar? Is it an acronym or is it? I'm trying to figure out what Tar is for. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think I know what uh, what Tar stands for, George. Let me know what that stands for. Chad says I asked the good folks on Discord and got some good feedback. I'm curious about your thoughts. When a player when a player's mini moves through difficult terrain, would you prefer needing to spend an extra movement point to enter the difficult terrain or spend an extra movement point to exit? Hmm. That's a good question. I feel like I played a game recently where you had to spend it to exit. And that I feel like that wasn't intuitive to me. I can't remember the game now. Um So I lean maybe a little bit toward... Oh, it was uh, Betrayal Legacy. Betrayal Legacy. Oh, maybe that was Enter. Maybe that was Enter. Now I can't even remember. Um, I'd probably say either way, as long as it's very clear in terms of the icons and the way the game reminds it to, uh, to you. But I lean towards Enter. Um, because before you enter, the icons at least that, that indicate that aren't covered up. And once you put your miniature on that uh, on that tile, whatever it is, tile or card, you have the, the possibility of covering up the reminder. And then you're looking, your eyes are looking at the surrounding tiles. So you're kind of, you're focusing on where you're going, not where you are. And so, yeah, I would put the focus on, on entering uh, instead of exiting. That would be my inclination. But I'm, I'm curious to hear the other side too. I, so I'm guessing some other people said the other side. And, and what were their reasons for saying that? Tony says that he's anxiously awaiting Glass Onion, the second movie in the Knives Out series. And I'm really excited about that, too. It had a, it very briefly appeared in theaters. I had a friend who saw it in theaters and said it was really, really good. And I think it is releasing on December 23rd. Um, yeah, so December 23rd. The same day, I have now learned that Disney's recent movie, Strange Worlds, is being released on Disney Plus as well. And that one did not do well in theaters at all. I think it's still in theaters. It's not doing well, but I'm hoping, kind of like an Encanto, that um, that Disney Plus breathes new life into it, and I, I look forward to watching it. George says uh, that Tar is the name of a famous musical composer conductor interpreted by Kate Blanchett in the film. Interesting. I don't know anything about that, George. Have you have you watched it? Do you do you highly recommend it? Is that why you're, you're suggesting it, or are you excited about it? Carlos says, given that we are nearing the end of the year, how do you plan to tease the products for 2023? Oh yeah, Carlos, I was just talking about this. Um, oh, he said, can I tease some sort of art as well? Uh, probably not in that post. I don't know if I'll tease art in that post, but I might do that 
Um, like, like you mentioned, Viticulture World here. I might do that in related groups if there's related product pro projects. Um, but yeah, I think that might... You know, I'm open to the idea, but that wasn't what I was thinking. I was thinking about doing uh, kind of a few bullet points um, from the past year. In fact, while we're here, I'll read them out loud so you can see what I said for last year. So here are the clues that I gave last year. This is the e-newsletter from January. And these are intentionally vague, and I, people, I appreciate people respecting that vagueness. Um, okay, so here's, here's what I read. What I wrote, an old game in a new world and a new game in an old world. It's, as I'm reading this, I'm like, I'm going to have to remember what these were for because for, I kind of just wrote these on the fly. Uh, an expansion and a game that break a 10-year-old Stomeyer rule. A new way to store and organize a popular game. Special edition reprints of one or two games, neither of which negate or replace previous versions in any way. That's always a, a question that's asked. An expansion and a game in a major untapped genre for us. Two surprise product lines that we haven't hinted at anywhere. And more Rolling Realms promos connected to some amazing non-Stolmeyer games. That one's, that one's pretty clear. I mean, I'm sure you can you now know what those are. Um, but yeah, I, I look forward to revisiting those and kind of answering what, what was revealed there and, and what actually happened in 2022 and hinting at what is to come in 2023. Okay, Chad says that he's, he's talking about the, the idea of a miniature entering or exiting a, a difficult terrain space. He says, I've seen both ways in games. I was thinking about thematically what would be most logical, like hypothetically, it's easier to enter quicksand and difficult to enter to exit. That certainly makes sense thematically. Um, yeah, I think this is probably an area where you can fudge a little bit on the thematics uh, in terms of, uh, you know, the idea is that it's difficult terrain. I think we can conceptualize that. Is it difficult, more difficult to enter a mountain range versus exit a mountain range? Yeah, that's debatable. I think I think you can choose the the mechanical, um, what's intu more intuitive for the player here might trump the theme a little bit. Darius says, at Stomire Games, would you ever consider getting the license of a great but out-of-print game, or do you only prefer to license unpublished games? So we actually have done this. Uh, in the last year, one of our major releases of the last year was Libertalia Winds of Galecrest. So we got the license for this game from the designer who had it, Paolo Mori, and we worked with Paolo to create a brand new edition of the game. So it is something we did. Uh, I think my experience with it was somewhat mixed, and so I don't know if it's something that we would eagerly do again um and also it was a very special game to me and that i thought uh that i consistently heard people say they wanted to see the game brought to life again and so i think it would have to be the the right game that is one that i happen to really really love and that we at somar games really really love and that has been out of print for a while and that people are actively asking for and that we could do something new like i'm i i, I wouldn't just reprint a game i think any game can, especially if it's been out of print for a while, can be improved and updated and refreshed in a variety of ways. And so um, that would all be part of the consideration. I would say it's not something that, uh, that I think we're likely to do again in the future, but for the right game, there's a slim possibility it could happen. Dominic says he enjoyed the way that art was teased for Pendulum. We also did a teaser for Wingspan Asia, although I reveal the continent as part of that. I did a tease for Viticulture World. I think it is possible we will tease some art. I usually do that on Instagram. I might tease it a little bit, and I usually tease it pretty close to the to the official announcement for it. So, um, and we're also for 2023, we are considering trying more traditional pre-orders. 
um, not as a focal point, but for those who who want to, I mean, we ran into this with a nesting box, right? There, we we had less supply than there was demand, even though we based that demand off of early signups. So rather than just um, having people sign up to receive a product, some people were asking us, "Hey, could I just give you the money for it and?" buy it and forget about it for a few months and then you ship it to me when it's ready and then for everyone else we can do the kind of the big exciting announcement and the big uh launch uh of the product um and so that's something we might be doing in 2023 and if we do that uh teasers will have a little different feel to them because we'll release some information not all information but some information about new, new products including art of course uh way before the official announcement and so it'll feel a little bit like a teaser to anyone who wants to wait for the official announcement, for the official reviews, for the big reveal of all the different stuff about the game. Um, and for everyone, so it'll feel like a tease for those people. George says he highly recommends the movie Tar. It will be an Oscar movie, I think, had the release in October in the US. Yeah, I'm sorry that that flew under the radar for me, George, but I'm glad you enjoyed it and I appreciate the recommendation. Jordan says, I remember you mentioning in a past live episode that you have, have had doubts about a linen bag in a product from the Stonemaier catalogs. I re recommend checking out the Whatnot Cabinet Bag. He says, we've played around we played around 20 games with it and the bag is holding good. I hope that helps you. Thank you, Jordan. I appreciate that. And I do actually have Whatnot Cabinet on my shelf, so I'll, I'll see what you're talking about. I will say that uh, our bags, since we learned from a mistake, our bags have held up really, really well. Basically, we made a mistake in... Uh, the Tapestry Plans and Ploys expansion, where we included a bag that wasn't really necessary at all. It was literally just kind of service to people who asked for it, uh, who wanted to put the uh, the territory tiles in a bag. And so we were like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll include a bag. But I never made a linen bag before that I can recall. And we didn't think to request that our manufacturer double stitch the bottom. And so they single stitched the bottom and the bag falls apart really easily, the original Plans Employees bag. And so since then, in Libertalia, in the upcoming Plans Employees reprints, um, yeah, those are the two, uh, we double-stitched the bag. And so it's, it's a very, very durable bag now. Uh, but I'm always curious about what other uh, other companies are doing to make really great bags. So I'll check out the one on cabinet. It may have even served as, a, as an example for what we eventually did with, with Plans Employees. Chad says, because that, so Chad, the one talking about movement, uh, like miniature movement today, he says, because that type of movement is very iffy, I've since made an elegant workaround. Have you ever met a difficult design decision so you end up just reworking the design so it's not an issue? Yeah, definitely. Um, in fact, I have, I have a game that I was working on that included movement into difficult terrain, and I ended up just not having difficult terrain anymore um, because... It wasn't, it wasn't fun for players. I think that's one of the things. Like, there are some challenges that are an interesting puzzle for players to figure out. And there are some things that just kind of impede the player for the sake of impeding them. Um, or maybe not for the sake of impeding them, but for the sake of the theme, and that doesn't necessarily make it fun. And so, yeah, many times I've encountered that and just been like, oh, no one's actually having fun with this challenge. I'll remove it. Um, or I make it more interesting. Carol's popping in to say hi. Carol's been doing a wonderful job over on the mill, joining uh, Molly and Dusty for a recent gift guide. Thank you, Carol, for doing that. Carol says, what game or games are you most excited to try to play before the end of 2022 and why? Well, that's a great question. Yeah, I do have, I have a few weeks left in 2022 that I'm hoping to play a few more games that were released in this year. I have the game Bullet on my shelf. 
I'm eager to play that. I have Wicked and Wise that I'm going to play tomorrow. Lands of Galzir. Those are the main ones. I am also curious. I, I would say I put those at the top of the list. I put uh, after that. I put Endless Winter. I would like to play that by the by the end of the year, if possible. And uh, and War of the Ring, the card game. I'm not sure if that is, is even officially a 2022 release, but I am curious about it. So yeah, I think those are the ones on my list. There are others too. That I mean, there's so many games that I haven't gotten to play this year that I want to play. Um, some of which we'll just have to wait until next year. But those are the ones that I'm kind of hoping to get to the table for the sake of considering them for my best of list of 2022. Yesterday, I actually did film. Was it? Yeah, I filmed my best uh, sequels and new additions list of 2022, which I decided to make a separate list of that from new games that uh, that I played for the first time in 2022. So I have that list ready. That list will come out in a few weeks, a few weekends. And uh, yeah, I'm curious to hear what people's, and, and I realize even since filming that there, there are a lot of games, um, sequels and new editions that, uh, that I didn't, that came out this year that I didn't even play. So I'm, I'm curious to see what people add to that list. And what, for those of you watching right now off the top of your head, is there a favorite sequel or new edition of a game that you played for the first time in 2022 that you really, really love? Let me know what it is in the comments here. Chris says that he just got his copy of Libertalia this past weekend. That's awesome, Chris. Nice coincidence talking about Libertalia here. Uh, Tim says he really likes Libertalia. Thank you, Tim, for saying that. And Shannon says, any hints for the new Tapestry expansion? I am really excited to talk about the new Tapestry expansion. Um, yesterday, I just created I created the sell sheet for it. This is something that we that I create for, um, for retailers and distributors. Do I want to hint anything about it? Since we're talking about hints today. Um, I'll give you a hint. So the uh, the original Tapestry expansion was Plans and Ploys, P&P. The next Tapestry expansion was Arts and Architecture, A&A. The acronym for the final and third expansion for Tapestry is F and F. The letters F and F. I'll, I'll leave it at that for now. I know that's a very vague hint, but uh, I, I promise to release a lot more information about this expansion in 2023. But that's the hint I'll give today. You got a hint out of me. Terry says, forgive me if I missed it. Are you going to share the sales numbers for each game again this year? Yeah, that's in the very first paragraph of that article where I say, uh, we'll sell, send, we will share the sales figures in our state stakeholder report which isn't ready until after all the tax stuff is finished like we don't know our final sales for this year until march or april so yeah um that's in the in the i think the the early part of that article i, was, I say we'll talk about that later nathan's getting his new set of promo realms the the latest batch of promo realms that we released are micro dojo architects of the west kingdom and arc nova I think they're finally starting to ship and slash arrive for people so they can start playing them. Carol says, if I were closer to Wisconsin, I would totally teach you Endless Winter. Thank you, Carol, for offering that. I appreciate that. I do have, my coworker Alex owns and has it and has been wanting to play it. Um, we've been uh, trying to find a time to play it. So I am excited to play it. I, I will have that opportunity and I hope you're enjoying it. Carol says, for a sequel, the T-Rex and Unmatched was pretty fun. Yeah, that's a, would you call that a sequel or an expansion? Because I will have a list about, about expansions. Um, and I, I need to remember to put Magic, I always forget Magic the Gathering, but I always play a bunch of Ma Magic the Gathering sets. And I consider those expansions to the game, even though we kind of play them by themselves. 
Let me make sure that's on my list. I think I played two different magic sets. But yeah, I would put that kind of in the same category as Unmatched, where it, it's an expansion, but it plays by itself. Yeah, but I can, I can see it going on either list. I'm glad you had fun with the T-Rex. Kai is here. Kai of the Wind Gambit fame. He says, um, have I already checked out Pest on Kickstarter? That would be an honor for him. I didn't realize, or maybe you told me and I forgot, Kai, but I didn't realize that Pest was your creation. Let's see if I Google Pest Kickstarter. Here we go. So are you involved with this game, Kai? Three days left. Pest on Kickstarter. Really evocative cover. And... Um, Looking for the design and for designer information. I'm assuming you're, you're the designer here. Oh, the board looks really cool for this game. I will check this out. Thank you for um, for recommending this, Kai. Rado says, I really love the action selection mechanism. Really, really cool idea. Just instantly fun, easy to understand, but really deep and interesting, crunchy decisions with some long-term planning. I like this too on the project page. What updates did you miss? And they go through all the things, some of the things they've added, some things they've they've talked about. Yeah, this is a well-done campaign here. I like what they've done. Oh, it looks like there's a an event system in it that's very similar to what I did with the encounter cards in Scythe. That's cool. I love I love that event system. Kai, I'm looking. I'm still looking for your connection to the game. Let's see. Is it way down at the bottom here? Where do they show who was involved? Here we go. Kai is the designer of this game, along with Thomas Nielsen. Very cool, Kai. Congratulations. I will be taking out, checking this out more in detail. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry I overlooked it. Awesome. Yeah, thank you, Kai. And feel free to check out Pest on Kickstarter if you like Kai's work in The Wind Gambit. Shannon says they absolutely love Tapestry. Thank you, Shannon, for saying that. Uh, I, I will, let's see, I'm, I'm not going to read, some people are guessing what F and F is. I won't read that out loud. I don't accidentally spoil anything. I'm just giving, giving that hint for the Tapestry expansion, but I appreciate the guesses. <laughs> I'll read Frank's guess. Frank's guess is good. Frank guessed Frank and Felines. This is Frank West of the Isle of Games, or the, the City of Games. Frank and Felines, I like that. George says he's still enjoying my, the podcast, the audio version of, of the blog that I've been putting out. Thank you, for, George, for listening along to those. Chad says, after playtesting a game where a bunch of times, after playtesting a game a bunch of times, have you ever wondered if you're still having fun? Is that when you bring in others to playtest the game with you? Uh, usually I've already brought, like, so I, I will... I've found that I, I can playtest a game on my own to figure out if it's functional. It's a lot harder to figure out if it's fun by myself. So yeah, I, I definitely, I bring in other people to see if they're having fun, if I'm having fun, if I'm enjoying teaching it. I want a game to be uh, fun in, in terms of how it's taught. So yeah, it can be it can be difficult at times, but, um, but I always pay attention to it anyway, even though, even after a game that I've played many dozens of times, I can get, I can start to have uh it kind of you know be a blur at, at least in terms of uh all the different versions but um, i'm still either eager to get it to the table or i'm not and um i think that's a reflection of whether or not i'm having fun with it yeah chris says i just finished 3d printing at a game organizer insert for my tiny epic dinosaurs game and it turned out great now working on a tiny epic westerns can't believe i found an organizer for, for a box that small they're awesome yeah that's, that's great that's great chris carol says I'm not sure how to classify unmatched, 
So we're talking about as unmatched a standalone game, as an expansion, as a little bit of both. Um, and she's, yeah, I, I agree. It's kind of a tough one to classify since they're standalone and, but, and yet different worlds as well. Nathan relates to Chad's comment about playtesting. He says, I hit the point where the work of designing my game was getting to me, so I have started working on other creative outlets so I can come back with fresh eyes and excitement again. And that's the method that I try to use as well, uh, where I, I, uh, I try to mix up different games. I am primarily working on one game design right now, but it's such a varied game design that, uh, that I can, if I get bored of doing one aspect of it, I can jump around and do some other aspect of it. And so that's, that's been helpful for me to keep my my interest and passion alive in a, for a very big project. Jordan says, congrats on taking three out of the top five Dice Tower People's Choice. Next year, five out of five. Oh, that's great. I, I'm not sure what that's referring to. Um, maybe it's, uh, yeah, I, is it, was this recent? I, I know there was a, a video a while ago where people selected Stomeyer Games as their, their favorite publisher, which was very flattering to hear. Um, I think there was a video a while ago about people's choice being related to maybe wingspan viticulture and size. That's our that's our big three right now, and that people are sharing their love for it on Dice Tower. Um, yeah, was was this recent? Or was this the a video from a while ago? What else is going on here? I think I've covered all the topics that I was intending to cover today. I need to dig deeper into this pest game that Kai just let me know about. Yeah, it looks cool. It looks the board reminds me a little bit of Merchants of the Dark Road um, in terms of how it's dark, but the darkness makes the colors of the meeples really stand out on the board, which I think looks great. I want to see uh, what Rado thinks about it. Or Rado, no, Rado previews it. Doesn't does he give final thoughts? I do, I do love Rado's perspective. Yeah, he does have final thoughts here, so I will have to. To listen to what he thinks about it. Such a great cover for a game. Very distinct or distinctive. Another reviewer said it has a lot of replayability. Yeah, really cool here. It's a little bit more than I usually pay for a game that I haven't played, but uh, I love to support Kai given how much he has, how much life he's brought to Scythe through the Wind Gambit. Yeah, I'll check it out. Thank you, Kai, for, for recommending this. Chesna says, the weather allowed you to still get out and play disc golf? It has. Yeah, we played disc golf this past weekend uh, in, in fairly cold weather. It was pretty cold. I, I can't say my, my my score was definitely worse, at least related somewhat to the, the cold. Um, my hands just get really, really cold. Even with hand warmers, my hand gets really cold when, when it's time to actually grip and throw the disc. But I still had a lot of fun. I had a long throw in. I had a really, really long drive, uphill drive, which I, I'm normally not very good at. Um... Yeah, I had a good time playing. What else did I do this past weekend? I feel like we did a few other things. I watched a little bit of the World Cup. I'm excited to see the France-Morocco game today. I, don't, I, don't, I won't watch it in full, but I'm going to check in on it. Did anything else happen this past weekend? I think it was mostly just disc golf. Oh, I hosted a game day. That's right. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, I hosted a, we hosted a big game day on Saturday. We had a bunch of friends over. We provided some food, some drinks, and we played games for around seven hours. I played Scout. I played, um, I'm going to blank on all these games now. I played Libertalia. I actually got to play Libertalia. I played Joraku. Joraku, really cool um, combat game. I played uh, So Clover. And I played Psychic 
pizza deliverers go to the ghost town one of the oddest named games that i've ever played really interesting hidden movement game i think that's it i think those are all the games i covered i don't know how that so few games covered six hours but somehow managed to do so i was also in host mode so i was you know trying to be available to people and, and just make sure everyone was having a good time Carol says, do I have any interest in the Valeria World games? She says, there was a new launch in that world yesterday that looks a little different. I have to look at it closer myself. I have, uh, I would say I'm somewhat intrigued by them. I've played one of them and I enjoyed it. Um, and I like the art. I, it, I would say that the world itself isn't something that is like an auto buy for me. But uh, they're games where I, whenever they come out, I'm like, okay, I know they're going to be well done, well produced, well designed. I will look into it to see if these particular mechanisms intrigue me. Ah, another, another, we've had multiple Nathans today. Another Nathan popped in to say that Tapestry is one of his favorite games uh, tied with Dominion. Uh, quite honored that you would say that about Tapestry. Thank you, uh, Nathan, for saying that, um, especially with uh, the acclaim that, that Dominion has. Julie says, we play a lot of games with family between Christmas and New Year's. Are you hoping to play any specific games with friends or family over the holidays? My mom will be visiting us in St. Louis, and Megan's family is also converging onto St. Louis. So we'll have a total of four people. No, I'm sorry, seven people. total of seven people for playing games. And everyone is enjoys games to a certain extent. Um, so we'll be looking for seven-player games, for some bigger games, I think. I don't know if there's anything specific that I'm looking forward to playing, but we'll be looking for games that are fairly easy for um, for people to get into. Um, I think all, all of the people at this table, including my mom and, and Megan's mom and dad, have played games before, are very comfortable with them. I think uh, we'll play some games like probably Just One, maybe No Thanks, so Clover, so some like party-style games. Might be fun to get Telestrations out with that number of people. So definitely some lighter games. I wouldn't mind trying Citadels to see if we can all grok that. I've been wanting to play Citadels and it's been, been too long since I played it. Um, I'll have to look at the other games that I have to play up to seven players. What are you hoping to play? Is there anything that you're hoping to play with bigger groups over the holidays, Julie? Or anyone else watching watching this? Okay, Jordan clarifies that the, the, the Dice Tower video was from January this past year. That sounds about right. I think they maybe do these once a year and, and post the results in January. Uh, Carol says that Ready, Set, Bet is a great seven-player game. And Patrick also says that it goes up to nine players. That's cool. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah, let's see if... Uh, I'll pull that up. Let's see if it is available right now. Ready, Set, Bet. There are a few copies in stock. Would you say this is a, a beginner-friendly game? Like uh, the type of game that you can teach in just a few minutes? Ready, set, bet. John DeClaire, great designer of, uh, of Space Space. Two to nine players. 45 to 60 minutes. That might be pushing some of the, uh, the attention spans, I think, of some of the people that we might be playing with. But I'll look into it. You know, yeah, I'll, I'll look deeper into that. Thank you for for recommending. Yeah, for recommending that. I appreciate it. And oh, Carol says that it is a beginner friendly game. Tony says a good party game, which he knows is not my favorite genre, but I'm open to it. Is Get a Hint? I haven't heard of Get a Hint. I'll, I'll check that out as well, Tony. Chad says he finally found Cascadia at his local friendly 
His new friendly local game store played with his wife, who's not a huge gamer, and she loved it. I feel like this is a good game to help someone get used to bigger games. Do you have any games that work well to help new gamers get used to bigger games? That's a great question. I I have a video about gateway games, and I think I kind of framed it in a similar way, Chad, about some of my favorite gateway games that use mechanisms that kind of give players tools that they can use for uh, for heavier games um, as kind of like, and tools to see like what they like before they try those try to find other games that use those mechanisms so I do have a video about that I don't know it offhand but I think if you search my channel for gateway you'll find the video that I'm talking about Chris recommends the game we didn't play test this at all and Patrick confirms that uh, the ready set bet is very beginner friendly so Julie who asked the question originally said you mentioned a, a couple that frequently come oh no Julie says you mentioned a couple that frequently comes out to us with larger groups we often play citadels or seven wonders at seven players as well as a few party games just like just like just one and telestrations I'm hoping to try flocking mode on wingspan oh yeah that would be fun to play that would be a, probably a longer game but it does work well and it doesn't necessarily make the game of wingspan any longer um and also get any new games the family receives to the table that's great Yes, I'm glad that the Citadel has worked for you. So that maybe gives me a little encouragement that we could try this with our larger group over the holidays. I'll have to refresh myself on the rules because it has been a little while. But I, I remember enjoying Citadels a lot. It's been been too long since I played it. But I'll check out Ready, Set, Bet. It, it would be fun to to try a new game over the holidays too. Um, let's see. Dan King pitches it as Panic on Wall Street and Camel Up had a baby and it's Ready, Set, Bet. <laughs> I'll check that out. Thank you all for recommending that. Well, I don't think I have any other news today, and I appreciate you spending the last 50 or so minutes with me. Thank you for your comments, your thoughts, and these recommendations. I'll post this over on YouTube in case you have any other thoughts, and I hope you have a wonderful day. I'll, I'll be back next Wednesday as usual, and uh, maybe when my mom's in town, let's see, Wednesday, she might be leaving the 20. Yeah, unfortunately, my, my mom... I don't know, she might be able to join me for the, the video on the 28th, which would be really cool if she was able to do that. But uh, we'll see in, in two weeks when my mom is here if, if she can join us for a video. But yeah, have a great Wednesday, a great week, and I will see you next Wednesday. Take care. Bye.